It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand, and this week for show number 149. For the week of May 12, 2016, we're going to take a trip into the future, a trip into the past, maybe walk around Wonderland, and also hang out with a pair of kings, because this week we're welcoming none other than the character actor himself, Wesley Mann, here to the show. Now, Wesley, you may know from a variety of different projects, from Back to the Future Part 2, as well as the spitting principal, Mr. Lawler, on That's Raven, you know him from Liv and Maddie, Pair of Kings, and of course as the Caterpillar from the classic Disney Channel show Adventures in Wonderland. And Wesley's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things, what led him down the road of acting, being part of many of these classics, his favorite episodes from Adventures in Wonderland, being part of That's So Raven, Liv and Maddie, and of course, who just took that wallet in Back to the Future Part 2. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team, and this week, we have some of the D-Team off for a variety of different reasons, but fear not, there is team here to stop my ramblings every single week. And we have Jason, who's going to go deep into the vault, with another Blu-ray and DVD you have to add to your collection. We have Paige from the Walt Disney World Resort, who's going to look into the magic and the wonder of Disney music in the Magical Music Review. We have Nathan, who's putting on the white gloves, dusting off the bookshelves, and giving you just what happened this week in Disney history. And let's not forget the latest in Disney multimedia for your Android, your iPods, your systems with Randy in Disney Multimedia. We have tons of news hot off the D-Wire. From Magic Kingdom, Disneyland After Dark, the Disney Channel, Girl Meets World, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, BB-8, as well as Marvel Entertainment, and of course, the Disneyland Resort. So there's many things on the horizon for this week's show. So before I jump into more and, and kick off this show that's going to jump us into Wonderland and into the future, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey's Travel. And Mickey's Travel 100% no fee free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare your Walt Disney World vacation and make it the most magical that you can possibly have. They have the knowledge and experience. They've been in business since 1994 and they're going to help you with everything from character interactions, dining reservations, your resorts, and more. They're going to help you. And just by mentioning that you heard about them here at the show, yes, as I always say, they are going to hook you up. From lanyards, autograph books, and more, they are going to hook you up just by mentioning that you heard about them here at Diz Radio. So definitely check them out, mickeystravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to jump off into the future, go back into the past, shield yourself from spitting principles, and so much more as we gear up to kick off show number 149 for the week of May 12, 2016. I think it's time to put on those raincoats and let's officially kick off this week's show. Let's go. You could get into the future.
Visibility ability. Not bad, huh? A mouse, an Alice. Nice girl sums it up with a song. He learned so much and he had some fun. Catch the Wonderland gang as we follow their adventures in Wonderland. Weekdays at 7.30 a.m. Eastern and Pacific. This is Wesley Mann from Live and Maddie. That's so Raven and Adventures in Wonderland. You're listening to Disney On Demand. Butterflies kiss the tulips, and the sun is like a toy balloon. There again, up in the morning glories in the golden Centipede where the lazy daisies love the very peaceful life they lead. They're a dog and cat. And a copper centipede Where the lazy daisies love The very peaceful life they lead You can learn a lot of things from the flowers For especially in the month of June There's a wealth of happiness and romance All in the golden afternoon Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig. You know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you Disney fans, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 149 for the week of May 12, 2016, as we're going to head into Wonderland. We're going to go into the future, take a trip into the past, and even steer clear 
of Spitting Principles because we have none other than Wesley Mann stopping in here at the show very shortly. And like I said, Wesley's been part of many of our fan favorite television series, movies, and more. From Back to the Future Part 2, That's So Raven, Live and Maddie, and of course the Disney Channel classic Adventures in Wonderland. And Wesley's going to stop in here, talk about his career, projects, his love of Disney, his favorite episodes, and so much more. In addition, like I said, much of the team is out this week. We have Aaron, who's getting root canals done, and much of the team is busy with so many other things. So every so often, I do got to cut him some slack and give him a little bit of a break. But we do have some team here, and Jason, Paige, Nathan, and Randy are all here this week with their signature segments, add a little bit of magic and memories to your lifetime of Disney. We have news, hot off the D-wire, and all kinds of fun here this week. So before I jump into that news, as always, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our lifetime of Disney player, Mimi's, the latest news, connect up with the D-Team, and so much more right there on our homepage at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. In addition, you can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also join our Facebook Disney discussion group, The D-Wire, on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. All of which are going to help you find our magical show here at Disney On Demand. And remember, if you just can't wait, you need the shows instantly in your ears. You need the magic. You need the memories. You need it right away. All you have to do is subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It is that easy, that simple. Go to iTunes, go to Stitcher Radio, subscribe right there and get the latest shows as they get released instantly on your iPod, on your device, on your Android, and you can listen to it instantly every single week right there as well. Remember, if you can't remember any of this, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and there you can get all these links and more and stay connected here at the show. So with all that said, all of you D-Hats, let's jump into the news hot off the D-Wire here this week. And how about Disney fans have just two chances left to experience Magic Kingdom after dark. Yes, moving into the Magic Kingdom and the Walt Disney World Resort, Walt Disney World fanatics have just two more chances to experience Magic Kingdom After Dark, the limited time event, Disney After Hours. And this allows guests to experience select rides and attractions at the Magic Kingdom for three extra hours after normal operating times. Now, admission to the After Hours is $149 per guest, and it takes place on select dates in April and May. Now, ice cream novelties and beverages are also included with the cost of admission. I certainly hope so for that price, because that's the price of a full day admission right there as well. Now, also, the final two Disney After Dark hours are taking place May 12th, which is, of course, today, and also May 19th. Now, as the Disney spokesperson had said, our guests are increasingly looking for new ways to experience the Walt Disney World Resort. And Disney After Hours is another option for guests wanting to enjoy more magic in less time at the Magic Kingdom Park, according to the Disney spokesperson. Now, admission for this is only limited to a select number of guests. Now, the Magic Kingdom will close to guests who haven't purchased the After Hours ticket, and Disney After Hours is not included with your regular ticket purchase to the Magic Kingdom. Now, the following rides and attractions, as I'm about to state, are the ones that are available for the Disney After Hours. Big Thunder Mountain, 
Disney Princess Greetings at the Princess Fairy Tale Hall, Peter Pan's Magic Flight, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Space Mountain as well. Now tickets to Disney After Dark can be purchased by calling 407-827-7185 through the Disney websites at the box office and so many other places. So if you are somebody that wants that little bit of extra magic, you want the park to yourself, for me, I just love After Hours events because it's a chance to get your picture taken in front of Cinderella's Castle or any of those kind of uh, iconic places with nobody in the photos. But definitely take advantage because tonight and May 19th are your last two chances. Now, moving from the Walt Disney World Resort, let's get into the small screen here. And how about Merritt Layton to star in the Disney Channel's High School Musical 4? Yes, Merritt Layton, star of Disney Junior Sophia the First, the very popular Disney Channel and Disney Junior show, is rumored to be in the running for the lead role in the upcoming Disney Channel original movie, High School Musical 4. Now, the Disney Channel original movie is set to begin shooting in August of this year, 2016, and it's going to arrive on the network in April of 2017. Now, there is no word yet on which role Merritt is going to be considered for, but this is a huge milestone for any actor, so she must be really excited for this because moving on from being on a hit series with her voice with Sophia the First, and then moving on now to High School Musical 4. Now, in addition to this news, Merritt is also using her celebrity status for good as one of the celebrity youth ambassadors for the Jonathan Foundation's third annual spring fundraiser, which is being held on June 11th at the Marconi Automotive Museum in California. Now, the Jonathan Foundation is an assessment scholarship program that advocates for children diagnosed with autism, Asperger's, developmental delay, intellectual disabilities, ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning disabilities. Now, this is great that she's going to be part of this as well. So, high school musical to doing good for mankind. It's only a step up for Mayor Layton as she continues to grow. Now, sticking with the small screen here, let's stick with Girl Meets World. And how about Girl Meets World Season 3 with an all-new promo, a new cast, and news updates. Now, high school has always been a huge adjustment for many people, and it seems like the same is coming true for the cast of Girl Meets World, and we all love this. Now, next month is already the kickoff for the third season. Yes, June 3rd. Now, since there's less than a month before the third season of Girl Meets World, it is not surprising that Disney has already released many promos for the upcoming season. So now you can go through, check it out, and more. Now, what is actually in this promo? The promo released by Disney showcased the best friends, Maya and Riley, promising each other that nothing will tear them apart. And anyone who knows anything about television, situation, comedies, and more knows that those are words that are always spoken by best friends before the worst can possibly happen and get between them. Now, who or what could put a strain on Maya and Riley's friendship? We're not sure. Now, the first episode is going to be kicking off on June 3rd, and it is titled Girl Meets High School. Now, also, the live triangle between Maya and Riley and Lucas might finally be resolved in the upcoming Season 3 with rumors that Lucas will finally pick between the two in this new season. Now, you know, come on, I'm not a huge tween, but I have also read all the different reports that, uh, let's just say that Riley's uncle might have a thing for Maya, so it might actually work out in the end. Now, in the past seasons, there's been so many different things going on. This is a fantastic series. I do hope it will go on longer than three or four seasons like most Disney Channel shows. You know, if it was on a regular network, there would be so many different things they could do, longer that they could take the series, extended seasons, but right now, season three, kicking off June 3rd, the girl is meeting high school. Now, moving away from all that, let's get into interactive episodes. Yes, and how about Doc McStuffins Pet Vet, now available on Amazon free time 
Unlimited. Yes, Disney Junior's Doc McStuffins and Stuffy and Squibbles interactive episode is now live as part of Amazon Free Time Unlimited. Now, this is Amazon's all-you-can-eat content subscription service for kids, available on Fire tablets, including Fire Kids Edition. And in the episode, kids can help Doc diagnose and cure Stuffy's pet Squiggles when he runs low on energy. Now, the Stuffy and Squibbles episode is part of Doc McStuffin's Pet Vet, a multi-episode story arc highlighting care and responsibility for pets that premiered on the Disney Channel last year. Now, many of the key features that are enabling kids to fully engage in this episode using the apps, well, you can diagnose Squibbles. Players use Doc's medical instruments to help give Squibbles a complete checkup. Now, there's also a charging station. Players can help Squibbles get back into his solar-powered charging station and back on the road to recovery. Now, every pet Doc helps gets recorded in the Pet Vet book as well, and players add Squibbles to the book by drawing and coloring him in. Now, Doc McStuffins, as many people know, like myself, who have children that do love it, airs daily on the Disney Channel and Disney Junior. Now, additional episodes are available as part of Amazon Free Time Unlimited, and they do include The Big Sleepover, The Great Ant Venture, Sophia the First, Toby the Cow Sitter, and Blue Jays Blues from Sheriff Callie's Wild West, and also Hide and Hideout from Captain Hook's Hooks from Jake and the Neverland Pirates, and many others. Now, additionally, select episodes are also available in the Google Play and the Amazon App Store through the Disney Junior episodes for your iOS devices and more. Now, this continues to grow. Everybody loves these. They're interactive. You can watch the episodes. Your child is interacting as well, so if they're going to sit there and look at a screen, this is definitely one that they really want to take forward, move forward, get interactive with it as well. Now, the Disney Junior Episodes app did launch in 2012 with Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Road Rally episode, which introduced an innovative new way for kids to enjoy their favorite shows. It was well-received by both fans and the industry, and the app topped the iTunes charts for many weeks, making it number one on the overall free list and won the 2012 Mobile Excellence Award for Best Content Extension Made for Mobile as well as Eyed Kids and more. Now, Disney Junior does reflect the emotional connection between generations and consumers and storytelling, and they're hoping that this is just another way to really pull it forward, make it happen, and continue with great ones. And now you can go Doc McStuffins Pet Vet on Amazon Free Time Unlimited as well. Now, since we are talking about online content and streaming and all those kind of fun things, how about we jump into a galaxy far, far away, as we like to do every so often here, and how about Lucasfilm and Disney launching the Star Wars show online? Yes, the force is so strong with Star Wars franchise that Lucasfilm and Disney are producing a weekly online video series just about it. Yes, this thing is awesome. Now, the Star Wars show did debut on Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook, and StarWars.com, as well as many other online channels. Now, Lucasfilm says the weekly series will celebrate the franchise fans and fun of the world of Star Wars. Now, while there's already several online series dedicated to Star Wars fandom, Lucasfilm says the Star Wars show will stand out by offering exclusive news never-before-seen footage, behind-the-scene looks at Star Wars films, shows, and games. Now, the Star Wars show will be hosted by actor and Star Wars superfan Peter Townley, as well as StarWars.com digital communications manager Andy Gutierrez. Now, this one is fun. I watched it already. You know, it's a nice little pop-in, pop-out, get your Star Wars fix. And this seems to be the way that many things are going, whether it's online, streaming, you can watch it on your phone. It's just a way to keep it connected. And, of course, come on. We'd be lying if we wouldn't say it's a good way to keep Star Wars in the front of everybody's radar, making it just 
what you really want to watch, what you really want to learn about, and really gear up for those next movies. But now the Star Wars show is debuting. YouTube, Facebook, StarWars.com. You can watch the first episode already at all of those outlets. And since we're talking about Star Wars here, how about Star Wars Battlefront 2 coming in 2017? Yes, this week the fiscal earnings for EA Arts has now revealed that Star Wars Battlefront has sold more than 14 million copies so far. Now the game was one of the number four best-selling titles of 2015 and it's been selling more and more every month largely thanks to the expansion packs adding new characters, levels, and game variants. Now with numbers like that, it should come to no surprise that everybody knows there is going to be a sequel on the way. Yes, Star Wars Battlefront 2 has now been officially confirmed by Electronic Arts CFO Blake Jorgensen during this year's earnings call, but it won't arrive until 2017. And it's just one of the handful of Star Wars games intended to be released over the next few years. Now you can find out more about it because there is a ton of games that are getting released and PC Gamer and PC Gamer Magazine definitely has the full rundown for that as well. Now even though there have been expansion packs to the Star Wars Battlefront since the game's release last fall, they've yet to add any characters from The Force Awakens. And the only addition to the game was inspired by The Force Awakens was the setup for Jakku and the battle on Jakku where the war left all those Star Destroyers, AT-ATs and more stranded on Rey's planet. So now you can have a lot more with this and I bet we can expect that Star Wars Battlefront 2 is going to have a large part with Rogue One, a Star Wars story, as well as more with Force Awakens. Now there's no indication that this format will change for Star Wars Battlefront 2 from the original gaming already, but now you can get ready if you're a gamer, you're going to just love this one. It is coming in 2017. Now with that and with uh, all kinds of new games coming up on the horizon, Let's get into Disney killing off Disney Infinity, yes, and abandoning console game developments completely. Now this week, the Walt Disney Company has put a sudden end to Disney Infinity, discontinuing the Toy to Life series and giving up on the console games altogether. Now this surprise move means that all further Disney video games will transition exclusively to a licensing model, according to Jim Petrero, chairman for Disney Consumer Products and Interactive Media. Now, Pitaro also stated that a lack of growth in the Toys to Life market as referenced in the company's quarterly earnings and high development costs made production of Disney Infinity a challenging business model. Instead, the Mickey Mouse house is now opting to concentrate on mobile gaming and licensing brands to other developers, such as Electronic Arts with Star Wars Battlefront, and there's a lot less risk that is headed that way. Now, Disney Infinity, this comes as a shock. Everybody loves it. They've released brand new waves in the last recent months with the Jungle Book. I mean, there's so many good ones, and there is also more coming with Finding Dory in the upcoming months as part of their final release. Now, I think some of why the sales have tanked is because, you know, in order for anyone to play it, they had to upgrade their console, upgrade their gaming system. What if somebody didn't want to upgrade to Wii U? What if they didn't want to upgrade to the latest Wii system? You know, what if they had the original Wii and then they can't play Infinity anymore? That's really where it comes into play. Now, the two remaining releases for Infinity, as I said, are going to have figures based on Alice Through the Looking Glass that will be coming later this month and Finding Dory in June. And it's going to be the studio's last hurrah, Disney Interactive has said. As they have put it, our goal for Disney Infinity was to bring the best of Disney storytelling to life in homes around the world. And your support, we accomplished that, said Disney Infinity Senior Vice President John Blackburn in the studio sign-off. 
We hope you had much fun playing it as we had making it. Well, this one really does come as a blow. We are all sad to see this one go, but Disney Infinity is now officially on its way out. So, all VD heads, with that said, I'm going to take a break here from news. We have more coming as we're taking that adventure in Wonderland. We're looking for wallets in the past and so much more as we gear up for none other than Wesley Mann. Stopping in here very shortly to chat with all of you D heads about his career, his acting, television shows, and so much more. But before I release the reins to the D team, because we have great things coming, Nathan dusting off the books with This Week in Disney History, Jason giving you that Blu-ray and DVD from the vault that you must add to your collection, we also have Paige with a magical music review and Randy with Multimedia. I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is officially sponsored by Mickey's Travel. And Mickey's Travel is a 100% no-fee free agency that's going to help you plan, book, and prepare and make the most magical Walt Disney World vacation that you can possibly have. From dining reservations, character meet and greets, your resorts, and more, they're going to help it make it magical, special, and just add that hint of Disney magic that's going to remain in your memory forever. And you can check them out at mickeystravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. And just by mentioning that you heard about them here at the show, they will hook you up with lanyards, autograph books, and so much more. That easy. Mention you heard about them here at the show, and they're going to take care of you as well. mickeystravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, LVD heads, with that said, we're gearing up for Wesley Mann stopping in here very shortly. We have all kinds of fun on the horizon. So, with that, I'm going to release the reins to the D team. And, you know, let's take a trip to a, an island, something where we can all sit back and feel like a pair of kings. And, of course, something that Wesley Mann knows a bit about being part of that show. Be right back, all of you D heads, and uh, take it away, team.
reservations for Raven. Thank you. You really need to get a cell phone. All right. <laughs> Mr. Thomas. Have a seat. People, people, please. Settle, please. Tyrell, Patty, please. Pay attention, people. Hi, this is Christopher Knight from The Brady Bunch and ChristopherKnightHome.com, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan, ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So with that said, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with this week's quote coming from our Uncle Walt himself again. I don't believe there's a challenge anywhere in the world that's more important to people everywhere than finding solutions to the problems of our cities. But where do we begin? How do we start answering this great challenge? Well, we're convinced we must start with the public need. Now it's Diz Radio throwback time for this week in Diz Radio history with show number 110 from 2015, featuring the most excellent, adventuring, game grid, heroic, actuarial program ever, Dan Shore of Tron and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure fame. Jump back with us today and be a guest of the Master Control Program. Now starting out this week in Disney history, we're going to go to 1929, when for the first time since moving to Hollywood, Walt Disney delivers a cartoon without a continuing character. Skeleton Dance is the first of the Silly Symphony series and marks young Les Clark's debut as an animator. In 1992, we have lots of 90s news this week. Disneyland's Fantasmic, a new nighttime fireworks and visual hydrotechnics show, is officially dedicated in Frontierland. In 1993, Walter Elias Disney is inducted into the Hall of Famous Missourians. Created by the Missouri Capital Society Incorporated, the Hall of Famous Missourians occupies the third floor rotunda area of the Capitol building. And also in 93, the hit TV sitcom Full House goes to Disney World in part one of The House Meets the Mouse. When Uncle Jesse's band The Rippers gets a gig at Walt Disney World over his wedding anniversary, him and Becky decide to take the whole gang with them on vacation. The cast stayed at the Grand Floridian while shooting, and many scenes were actually shot at the resort. In 1994, it is reported that David McCullough, president of the Society of American Historians, has begun a campaign to prevent the Walt Disney Company from building a Civil War theme park near Manassas Battlefield in Virginia. McCullough has announced the creation of Project Historic America, which is a group of 30 historians and writers that will try to persuade Disney to go elsewhere. In 1996, two of my favorite television shows both aired Walt Disney World episodes. The television sitcom Step by Step airs Part 2 of We're Going to Disney World, and Boy Meets World aired the episode The Happiest Show on Earth, in which Corey tries to win Topanga back into his life. In 1999, the Backstreet Boys tape a live concert in front of 1,800 fans at the new Amsterdam Theater in New York City. The concert will have its world premiere on Disney Channel two months later. In 2002, Dinotopia, a six-hour miniseries from Hallmark Entertainment, airs on the wonderful world of Disney. In 2005, the ABC TV show Live with Regis and Kelly originates from Walt Disney World to help celebrate the 50th anniversary of Disneyland. In 2008, Disney's Hollywood Studios previews Toy Story Midway Mania for annual pass holders only. The new attraction will officially open on May 31st. 
In 2012, Disney costume designer Alice Davis is honored with her own window next to her late husband Mark's window at Disneyland. Disney legend designed theme park costumes, including many of the 150-plus dolls in It's a Small World and the animatronic characters in the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Her window sits above the Disneyana shop along Main Street, USA. In 2013, Walt Disney World officially crowns Merida from Disney and Pixar's Brave as the 11th official Disney princess. Her coronation ceremony fittingly took place in front of the Cinderella Castle, just steps away from her own Magic Kingdom meet-and-greet spot. And we're going to end this week in Disney history D-heads with a few birthdays around the company. We're going to start them out this week with Mr. Don Rickles, who is everybody's favorite potato head being sprouted. James M. Barry, the creator of Peter Pan, born in a whopping 1860. Mr. Why Should I Worry singer, writer, and ivory tickler Billy Joel being born, who also voiced Dodger in Disney's Oliver and Company. Belle herself, Paige O'Hara, is born in Florida. Margaret Carey, the original animated model for Tinkerbell, is born. And also, side note, check out our original episode number one when we started off in a big way with Margaret herself being interviewed. Moving on to comedian Hall of Famer George Carlin, who voiced Fillmore in Cars and Zuggor in Tarzan, is born. Bruce Boxleitner of Tron fame is born in Elgin, Illinois. Infamous filmmaker George Lucas, who really needs no introduction, is born in California and responsible for basically the films of our lifetime. And we're going to finish with another film legend, Robert Zemeckis, who directed and produced so, so many movies such as Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, and my favorites, Back to the Future. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free to email me at Nathan at DizRadio.com. As always, guys, have a great week and see you real soon. How wonderful to see your smiling faces again. All of you. I I have never known such warmth, such welcome, such loving hospitality. Get out, you quack. And don't bring those phony remedies here again. Go on back where you belong. Jail. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I enthusiasm. I sense loving response. And that's why I feel that this is my home. Away from home. I've been bringing cures from Pilgrim Heights to Provincetown. Treated rabbit fever down on Queen Anne Road. Gout of gastritis, mumps or bronchitis, bites and burns and blue abrasions. Got a pill for all occasions. Little sip of wizard was so nice to visit. And scraggy neck is lovely to recall. Why didn't you stay there? Yeah. But through all my trips, good lord, there's one place, one corner, one town on my lips. Whites! Hardamakwasi, get a pack with my soddy. No, no, pass him my massy, get a quad of my potty, get a pass him my daddy, get a quad of my passy, a pass him my hoddy. Oh, I know! That's what I meant to say. I took your gun for losing weight, and now I'm a blob. But now that there's so much more of you to love. 
wiped out in Pataigo on the banks of buttermilk. Flu is under firm control in powder hole. Terminus potions, tablets and lotions. Major news in modern science. Step up now and join my clients. Spend a day in Buzzards Bay. They couldn't keep me there. Even turned away from Kingdom Hall. My hair was gray and thanks to you it turned into pink. But that color, it's so becoming. Ah! We're gonna watch your pony times right now to sing. Wait, listen. My specialties are audiology, mycology, cellology, teratology, embryology, psychology, zoology, and any otherology you can think of. My friends, you're not giving me a chance. I brought all these medicines back from Paris, France. Every night at midnight on Disney Channel. Hang out with your favorite friends and you feel like a kid again. It hasn't changed a bit, you see. There's fun and laughter to be found with Bob's adventures all around. Take a wild ride. Take a trip inside Walt Disney where classic Disney magic lives forever. Every night at midnight on Disney Channel. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, OVD heads, so I am back, and thank you to the D-Team once again for stopping in with your signature segments, making it fun, making it magical, and so much more as we gear up for none other than Wesley Mann to be stopping in here very shortly here at the show. So thank you, and remember, you can always connect up with the D-Team on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. Go there, go to the D-Team page, drop them a line. They're not going to bite. They want to connect up with you. They want to just talk with all of you D-Heads out there, so drop them a line. 
connect up, ask those questions, and really connect up with everybody that makes this show magical. So thank you, team, once again for stopping in and chatting with all the D-heads out there. So all of you D-heads, with that said, as we gear up for Wesley Mann, yes, the Caterpillar from Adventures in Wonderland, as well as Back to the Future, and so much more, Mr. Lawler from That's So Raven, the list could go on and on. I'm going to jump into news hot off the D-wire still, because there is still some news that I haven't had a chance to get to yet. And how about two zebras joining the crowd at Disney's Animal Kingdom? Yes, Walt Disney World Resort visitors can now spot two young zebras that have officially joined the two different herds. Now at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, Hartman Zebra Daphne is on the Sunset Savannas and Animal Keepers gave her this name to keep the theme going. There's already a zebra there named Scooby, so why not have Scooby? and Daphne. Now at Animal Kingdom Park, the theme park itself, there's Grevy Zebra Zack who's in the Forest Exploration Trail of the Savannah. Now Zack was named through a vote of Animal Kingdom workers. Now there are four species of zebras currently at the Walt Disney World Resort according to a post on the official Disney Parks blog written by Ann Savage, the Disney Conservation Director. Now Grevy's Zebra and Grant's Zebra live at Animal Kingdom. Now other animals that are along the Exploration Trail as well include gorillas, hippos, and so many others, but now two new zebras have joined Daphne and Zach, both between the Animal Kingdom Lodge and also at Animal Kingdom Resort. Now, moving from the parks here, let's get into some DVDs and how about some great children programming and how about Mickey and Friends and the games are here. Yes, now you can join everyone's favorite Mickey Mouse and his friends on their adventures through a huge sporting event in Disney Junior's hit series, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Mickey's Sportiathon. Yes, it is coming on DVD May 24th. Now this is going to include six episodes for over two hours of classic Disney characters competing in an action-packed sports tournament, learning about teamwork, strengthening their friendships, and also you get a free exclusive golden Mickey medal in the DVD so everybody is a winner now these are fun entertainment shows everybody loves these from Disney Junior and many kids do love them but Mickey Mouse is going to have some great things with this with six complete episodes and the free golden Mickey medal so now as they're saying you can put on your sneakers get ready for the greatest sporting event ever as referee Goofy along with Mickey and all of his clubhouse pals are going to compete in the Sportiathon. yes an action-filled sports tournament they're going to have great sportscasters with Pete and Donald Duck broadcasting live from the Sportiathon blimp. And who's going to earn the prized Mickey medal? All the heroes have to go work together, be part of teamwork, and this is over two hours of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse episodes that are really going to make it fun, interactive, and great. Now, the voice cast, as everybody knows, has Brett Ewan as Mickey Mouse, who is the newest Mickey Mouse in the last couple of years, Russie Taylor as Minnie, Bill Farmer as Goofy, and of course, Tony as Donald Duck. Now, the director is Donovan Cook, who also directed Return to Neverland, and the executive producer, Rob LaDuca, who also does Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Now, they are going to have some great things with this, like I said, with a lot of different episodes, and the episodes are going to be Mickey's Sportiathon, Mickey's Mouseball, Donald's Brand New Clubhouse, Mickey's Mouseador Adventure, Mickey's Mystery, and Mickey's Happy Mouseka Day. Now this is getting released on May 24th, and it is coming direct to DVD. You get that medal, and you can have some more fun and adventure for all of your children to just have that fun with Mickey Mouse and all the classic Disney characters. Who doesn't want to interact with all the classic Disney characters? Am I right? So now you can get this brand new Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Mickey Sportiathon coming on DVD May 24th. And finally, all of you D-heads, let's just say, let's move to the future and Tron. 
Who cannot love Tron? Now, I am still mad that Tron Uprising is not out on DVD yet for everybody to enjoy that entire series. That was canceled way too early. But also, how about Tron the New Ride at Shanghai Disneyland? If you have not seen the video for this, you got to check it out. It's on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. It is amazing. I want a Tron ride at the U.S. parks. I want to be able to ride this one. So, you know, they're killing everything Tron. No more movies, no more sequels. You rarely see anything Tron, but they have a full attraction in Shanghai. I want this thing. So if you haven't seen it, I mean, it is awesome. It's like you're riding a light cycle. You're driving through twists, turns, roller coaster style. It's amazing. Definitely check out the video on our Facebook page. So all of you DS, with that said, I had that little bit of news that I had to get back in here. We have more coming from the team as Jason's going to go deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you want to add to your collection. We have Paige with the Magical Music Review. We have Randy with the latest Disney Multimedia. And let's not forget, as we're gearing up, Mr. Lawler himself, yes, the Caterpillar and more, Wesley Mann is going to be stopping in here very shortly. So as I release the reins to the D-Team one more time, the next time you hear me, I'm going to have Wesley here in the studio chatting with all of you D-Heads. So in honor of that, why don't we leave you with a little bit of taking an adventure in Wonderland. Be right back, all of you D-Heads. Siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where two is always better than one. We're going to be doing some really fun things here today. And again, normally, I would bring you a DVD or Blu-ray that you need to pop immediately into your Blu-ray or DVD player. But unfortunately, once again, I'm delving deep into the archives of an area known as the Disney Channel. Which means most things aren't on DVD or Blu-ray as of yet. Especially when it comes to more of their modern classics. So get your iPads, iPods, DVRs, and streaming devices ready as we go into the 2013 hit Disney Channel original television series, Live and Mad. Thus far, we have celebrated three seasons of this critically acclaimed show. A fourth season soon on the way. What is Livin' Maddie about? 
Well, just as it sounds, two girls living it up in the world. No, not two broke girls, but two high school girls trying to make it right. What makes this unique? Because it is two twins making the world a unique place. Well, who needs another twins program? We've had the Patty Duke show. No, we need more twins shows because that's what makes it fun. Always going between two different types of personalities making the world go round. The show revolves around Liv Rooney, who was the it girl on the popular hit series Sing It Loud. But like all good programs, they do finish. And what is a teen sensation going to do? Why she needs to return back to Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Four years away from Culver's and cheese curds really does take a toll. In her hopes in returning back home, she also hopes to return to a normal life and a life where she and her family can reconnect, especially with her twin sister, Maddie. These two are as different as night and day. As you can guess, Liv is very career-driven, very Hollywood-oriented, and very much the girly girl of this dynamic duo. Throw in Maddie, who happens to be more of the tomboy, anything-can-be-done, confident kind of girl, and, oh, by the way, star of the basketball team. No family comedy would be complete without parents, of course, Karen and Pete, Karen being the school psychologist and later vice principal, and Pete, of course, Maddie's coach on the basketball team. If twindom wasn't enough, the girls also have to deal with their two brothers, Joey and Parker. Joey's the typical kind of teen, a little awkward, a little crazy, and actually the kind of character I gravitate towards. And then there's Parker, the smart one of the bunch. Throw them all together, and you've got one great comedy that combines music, laughter, and most of all, heart. Now, as I said earlier, we've already gone through three seasons, and the fourth season soon to premiere. That's great when it comes to any of the Disney Channel original series. What I think is great about this show is that it incorporates music heavily. Just like we talked about last week in Disneyland After Dark and my Monday movie memory with Satchmo, music plays an integral part in any Disney moment. And in this show, it is heavy. It makes sense considering Liv sings a ton, especially on a show called Sing It Loud. What's also very bittersweet about this show is that the dear Patty Duke did appear on the program just before her sudden death this year. How could you not have the woman who pioneered twindom not show up on your show? Yes, Haley Mills does recreate that similar scenario in The Parent Trap, and eventually Lindsay Lohan does the same in the follow-up. It seems that Disney just can't get enough of twins. Live and Maddie is currently on demand on most cable systems, as well as streaming on various streaming sources. And of course, playing regularly on the Disney Channel. If you haven't caught an episode, which I hadn't before really looking into who our guest was this week, I think you should. It completely surprised me how much fun this 23-minute show can make you laugh and realize how important family is. So take some time. Watch an episode. Watch two. Watch two seasons. Catch up on the third. Be ready for the fourth. You won't be disappointed. This is the kind of show that really makes people smile. 
And I'm glad to see that the Disney Channel truly believes in a show like this, where family is front and center. So I'm going to press pause here and save the rest of the season for my cue later, and I will join you again later on Monday for a Monday movie memory. I wonder who's going to show up on Liv and Maddie this week for that segment. And then join me again next week as we go delving deeper into the Disney archive for a new blue for you to view here in the vault. So until then, gang, remember the magic of Disney movies is better in stereo and always deep inside of you. First date. You on, which means you plan the date. Liv and Maddie is on you. What does a guy even want to do on a first date? You've come to me as an example of masculinity? Well, a big date is coming right out of the CX. Be a big strikeout? And Parker, you're offbeat and off-key. Parker might get his first half. I can't fail a class. Go ship me back to middle school. Is there a scientific solution? Shake, 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 now click all together. And Thompson, and Thompson. And all new Liv and Maddie, Sunday, April 10th at 830 on Disney Channel. Hi, this is Rip Taylor. Could you pee? Could you die? And you're listening to Disney On Demand. <laughs> Rip Taylor said so. Disney On Demand yourself.
dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that <laughs> so hello, your majesty. Lovely day for flying kites, wouldn't you say? Yes, I suppose so. Uh, a caterpillar, I need your advice. You need advice from me? Uh, what I mean is, uh, I need advice for a friend. Yes, that's it. A, a, a friend of mine is in a predicament. You know, she has a problem. Your Majesty, is something wrong? You seem to be hiding your face. Oh, no, I, uh, I just have a bit of a cold in my nose, and I don't want you to catch it. <laughs> uh, anyway, about my friend's predicament. Uh, she's getting her picture taken, but she's accidentally gotten a rubber nose stuck to her face. That was pretty silly of her. Hey, accidents happen, all right? Well, I don't know if I can help your friend with her predicament, but I do have a story here which might be useful. Oh, I don't have time to wait for eventually. I'm getting my picture taken this afternoon. You? I thought you said it was your friend's problem. Oh, all right. So I admit it. It's me. Now do you see my problem? I can't appear on a magazine page with my nose like this. Oh, how oh. Not on a single page, no, but it might fit on two pages. <laughs> Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones that you've seen on the big screen, the small screen, and it's that person that you see popping up all the time throughout your memories. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to television, sitcoms, movies, and more. You know him from a variety of different things, from Adventures in Wonderland, a variety of different television sitcoms, as well as Back to the Future Part 2, and so much more. We have none other than the talented Wesley Mann here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Why, thank you. It's nice to be here. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, so many of your resumes, so many different credits, television shows, movies, you have been part of so many different things throughout people's lives. I guess with that, the one thing I love to start with, with, you know, that all of our listeners already know I'm going to do, is what led you down that road of acting as a career? <laughs> you know, I was very fortunate in my hometown to have a wonderful teacher. His name was Alex H. Urban, who started a children's theater in my hometown. And um, I think it was I was about 10 years old when I was just doing magic tricks, you know, at small parties and things. And there was a summer camp uh, that started a theater summer camp. And we created a, a variety show of, you know, young kids doing sketches. And I did part of my magic act. And it, uh, it toured year-round schools and convalescent homes. And I think the bug bit then. And then in the fall, he put together a, a full-fledged children's theater program. And uh, I enrolled in that. And then fast forward to me graduating high school, I was doing um, – I think I, I, I decided at, at the age of 13 uh, when I was playing Fagin in Oliver – <laughs> I, I sat down at the dinner table with my family, and I said, I, I think I know what I want to do. And my mother said, oh, well, 
um, what is it? I said, well, I, I, and I'm not going to tell you because you'll laugh at me. And she said, oh, no, 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 we won't know. We really want to know. I said, well, I've decided that I want to be an actor, and I want to be on the stage, and I want to make people laugh. I want to be an actor. And she took about uh, three beats. It was like, that's one, She said, oh. <laughs> she said, but you still, you still want to go to a four-year college and uh, learn to teach, so you'll have something to fall back on, don't you? And at 13 years old, I said, you know, Mom, if I have something to fall back on, I will. And I never did. I never did have anything to fall back on because, you know, met with varying degrees of success over the years, but uh, I don't regret it at all. That's, that's really it. I came to acting through children's theater at a very young age, and then, um, but as I was going to say, by the time I graduated high school, I was an associate director with that children's theater and uh, leading creative dramatics and theater games with up to 500 children every week in three different children's theater programs in three different towns in Northern California. And then I went on to uh, conservatory from there to uh, study the craft. And then I came to Los Angeles in 1987 with a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream that was uh, inspired by Dr. Seuss at the Westwood Playhouse. Well, you know, and with that, like you said, it's something you've never had to fall back on anything. It was fruitful. And, of course, you know, uh, you know, doing a theater for so many different kids and being part of that as well. And, you know, passing on what you you love doing and then passing it on to them. And now, of course, you know, going into, you know, your career, it's been fruitful. You haven't had to fall back on anything else. And that's going to bring us to, you know, some of the classics that everybody loves. And let's start with one that's just... Very, you know, a smaller one, a few lines, but everybody knows it. And Back to the Future Part 2. Did you have any inkling that that, you know, that small cameo in that movie would go on to garner so many different, uh, I guess, nuances and fan followings and just uh, catchphrases? You know, I really had no idea when we were shooting it because, you know, it was 4.30 in the morning. I had been waiting since 4.30 p.m., the previous previous day when I showed up to shoot that little that little scene, and um, so I finally get to work with Robert Zemeckis for uh, and I'm called to the set and the sun is coming up and um, uh, we were rolling and we kept rolling uh, in between and he just kept giving me giving me directions okay look at me and say it now look back now look at me and say it and now look over there and say it. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, oh, this is so exciting. I'm working with Robert Zemeckis. And, and then it, it was done before I knew it. And it was, uh, we were wrapped in it. I was driving home at 5 o'clock in the morning, just wondering, wow, that was really fast. And so later, when that movie came out, I started to get um, uh, messages from all over the country. When you said, I think he stole his wallet, there was a huge laugh in the house. People don't laugh out loud in movie theaters that often. Well, at least not in my experience. Um, so I started to get some idea then. And then, you know, recently I went on YouTube and there was a guy who had taken it and sampled it with a backbeat and has made, you know, <laughs> a, a video of it. And so I feel like, well, maybe I have finally found my place in the cultural lexicon. <laughs> of cultural literacy. <laughs> um, so uh, it answer, the short answer to your question is, I, I had no idea then, but now it's sort of like, yeah, that's me. And, you know, 
recently I was uh, out to breakfast and uh, I, I struck up a conversation with uh, someone there and he said, what do you do? I said, I'm an actor. He said, well, anything I might have seen you in? I said, well, have you seen Back to the Future too? He said, yeah, I love that movie. I said, I think he stole his wallet. He's like, oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> so that's what I usually lead with when someone says, I know you, but where do I know you from? Well, you know me as a 24-year-old man at that time who uh, has a fantastic suit and hairdo. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the kind of thing where you, you found that place with, you know, this small line in a movie. So, you know, when you're out and about at conventions or autograph signings, I think you should just have a stack of wallets already signed so you can hand those out. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm affectionately termed on the Internet as the wallet guy. <laughs> Another, uh, uh, the BTTF.com uh, website, the Back to the Future uh, site, they had me to a station identifier that went something like, when I'm looking for a wallet, I go to BTTF.com. <laughs> 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 Moving aside from that, too, you know, because it is such an iconic film, of course, and getting into some of the Disney uh, productions and whatnot, and, of course, going back to those early 90 days with Adventures in Wonderland, where you were the, where you were the caterpillar, and that show just went on for, you know, you know so many different episodes. I mean, 100-plus episodes. You know, it was really loved in that early, I guess, those early stages of the Disney Channel. Uh, I guess, how did you land that role, and what was your take of, you know, being part of this great children's series, you know, back when I felt the Disney Channel was really, really magical, new and fresh. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was quite a, a journey. Um, I think I auditioned for it uh, three, four times, and it got to be, well, initially I went in uh, to read for the Mad Hatter, and um, that went so well that they wanted to see me for the Caterpillar. <laughs> Um, so they saw me for the caterpillar and, uh, the, uh, I had this sort of, um, classical theater background. So I had a voice that I think suited the character well. And I was also willing to be in a suit with two other guys under a pounds of prosthetic makeup. So that was cool. Um, so we got to screen testing and then it took like another five months. You know, they told me that we want you to we want you to come in and audition again, but you're the only person auditioning for this role. So I was like, oh, that's great because I, I would love, love, love to do this. Um, and so we did. And then it took about six months between the time we shot the pilot to the time that they said, okay, we're actually going to Orlando. You're going to be in the MGM Studios um, part of the park. And one side of the studio will have a glass wall, and um, patrons of the park will walk by and watch you guys work. And um, that was fantastic. You know, Orlando's so beautiful. And on our lunch hours, if we weren't in makeup, we could go out the back door and go through the park and, you know, see the 3D Muppet movie and um, what have you. So it was really great. Uh, we were in uh, Orlando for about five months shooting that way and uh then we came back to los angeles and uh we're at the cbs radford studios where so many great television shows have been shot over the years 
Well, you know, and that show, like you said, well, one, MGM Studios, fantastic park. I mean, now it's going through so many changes, but fantastic where everyone could always watch you work and whatnot. Now, I guess with this, too, and being part of this, you know, with the prosthetics and being in there, uh, are there any times on the set that are your true true favorites, uh, you know, either any specific episodes or just working with the cast and the crew that, you know, we're not going to see, but they're true memories that you're going to hold? You know what's fantastic? It, well, I, I have two things. You know, my favorite episode, the, the favorite thing that I got to do, besides playing ancillary characters along the way uh, and meeting all the great celebrities like Ken Page and um, Marley Matlin and um, uh, Willie Nelson signed my album uh, of Stardust for me, which I still have, and uh, Gilbert Gottfried and Terry Garr and Pat Spajak, all these fantastic people. That was great. My favorite episode was uh, the Christmas episode that we did, and it got down to the end of the episode, and then I got, I got the, I got to say the final words in the episode as it magically started to snow in Wonderland, and I looked at my good friend Patrick, who was playing the White Rabbit, and I just got to say, Merry Christmas, Rabbit. And it was so sweet. I just get chills thinking about it now. Um, the other really cool thing on the industry side of it was recently I worked on Liv and Maddie, and um, the uh, second AD walks up to me and says, uh, you don't remember me. I said, you know, I remember you. I just don't remember your name. He says, I'm Dave Cove. I was your assistant director or you know, stage manager uh, in Orlando 20 years ago. <laughs> so that's so fantastic. Yeah, and incidentally, um, Jen Candy, you know, uh, works on the show too. She does some stand-in work and she's a semi-regular on the show. And she walked up to me and she said, it's so nice to meet you again. I said, what? She said, yeah, I met you many, many years ago. Um, John Candy was my father. I met you on the set of Who's Harry Crumb? I said, of course, you're Jennifer of Jennifer and Christopher. You guys were six and eight years old when I met you. So that was, <laughs> it's, it's really cool when that sort of stuff comes back around. It's, it's re- very validating that I guess I am in the right industry after all. <laughs> Well, right, and it shows you that it's such a big industry, but a small industry. I mean, we just spoke with somebody who is part of Harry Crumb as well, with Beverly Elliott, who played his secretary on the set. And, you know, it's it's a big industry, but a small industry. And all these people, you've played parts in their lives where they're remembering you, they're recalling you. And, of course, you've never really left that Disney realm, I guess, with Adventures in Wonderland before we press on here. You know, do you often, you know, get any any people that just remember that show? Because on the Internet, it is huge. People just thrive and want this on DVD. And, you know, I'm waiting for Disney to release it. So, you know, I guess, do you ever get recognized for that where people are like, I grew up watching you. This was my must-turn-to show. Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, I think there's a website or a, a Facebook page for Chucklehead, and that was sort of uh, an insight into how many people remember and love this show. Um, and you know, we thought it was kind of a big deal at the time. It was, it was a well-done show. There were four musical numbers in each half hour that we were doing, and we were shooting two episodes a week. And, um, and, you know, the thrust of it was really to teach language skills uh, to, to young people. And so 
you know, I grew up watching Captain Kangaroo, and Bob Keeshan is a, a hero of mine. And so I just thought, you know, if I could do a small percentage of, you know, what he did for my development as a young person, you know, I think I think I'm on the right path, you know. And I thought, so um, anyway, that's that's really what's gratifying about having been involved in that show, as well as all the great people, you know. Uh, it's so wonderful and such a gift and a blessing to be able to go do a set every day where people know you and the work is fun, interesting, and hilarious sometimes. Well, definitely. And like you said, it's one of those where there it, it touched people's lives and people remember it and love it. And, you know, I've caught a couple of episodes, passed them on to my kids, and they really love the show. Now, with that, you know, you never, ever truly leave the Disney realm because you were on such sitcoms like That's So Raven, uh, you know, Full House, and then, of course, as recently, Live and Maddie. Um, you know, with being part of some of these shows and these sitcoms, you know, uh, coming onto these sets like That's So Raven, you were on so many different times on there. I guess when you go to these sets and you look back and, you know, now it's a whole new generation. Now you're playing part to, you know, teenagers and tweens and, and whatnot. Uh, I guess, do you just jump right back in the saddle when, when you jump on a set of a sitcom? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like riding a bicycle. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I moved to Los Angeles in hopes of being a regular on a sitcom. And so it's, and I love to do theater too still. So, um, you know, when we did episodes of That's So Raven and there was a live audience, it's the next best thing to theater. It's fantastic. You know, I recently did a, um, an episode of Two Broke Girls and the audience was lively and fantastic and, you know, uh, Michael Patrick King wrote four new jokes for me on taping night, but that was all sort of improvisational and fun. Incidentally, all four jokes killed. And so it was really exhilarating, and um, I just love the sitcom format because it, it's similar to theater but on camera, and um, and you get to do it again if you don't do it absolutely perfect, or you can do it well the first time, and then you can change it and make it even better. So um, yeah, I just I just I loved doing Pair of Kings. I loved doing Live and Maddie. Um, that's so Raven. Uh, you know, I only did. Six episodes of that, but um, um, people, people, <laughs> people in the grocery store are like, yeah, I'm not so Raven. <laughs> I was just spitting principal on that, so Raven. <laughs> A dubious distinction, perhaps, but still, it was me. <laughs> well, and that's one of those roles, too, like you said. You know, you weren't on too many episodes, but everybody knows Mr. Lawler and the, you know, the spitting principal. And I think it just added that comedy relief and that humor that just sticks with people. And they, you know, it, the humor and the laughter sticks with people and resonates for years to come every time. Yeah, that's really the gift, you know, to make somebody laugh. It's, it's, it's such a gift um, to take a little break from whatever issues they're dealing with at the time. And, uh, you know, take a little vacation in the middle of the day in a happy place, you know. Now, you were talking about, you know, how you do love to do theater as well. And, of course, with being on a sitcom or a movie, you know, you get to do the takes a few times and whatnot. Now, doing theater, of course, that's an entirely different animal. You know, that's you're out there. You get the instant gratification from the audience. I guess what really want I guess what lures lures you to wanting to do theater? You know, is it that uh, the audience is right there or is it the challenge of having to be game on 
right there on the spot? Or I guess what really draws you into it? Well, that, that's certainly part of it, is that, is that it is challenging. And, and um, uh, when you get through it, it's a little bit like going getting off of a roller coaster. You feel like you can do anything after that. Um, the, uh, also, the thing is, it's really, uh, theater is really the actor's medium. We think of television as a writer's medium and film as a director's medium. Um, because, you know, I, you know, for example, I'm, it's so fortunate that I am in Back to the Future 2 because they could have very easily, uh, cut me out. Um, you know, there was one movie that I, I won't say the title of where I, I told everybody across the country that I was going to be in. And then when I went to the screening, uh, three of my fingers are actually in the movie. <laughs> so, so. Uh, you know what you're doing, you're in control of the moment, and you can uh, surf through an audience, especially with comedy, and uh, you can finesse moments on different uh, performances, and each time you do it, it is different, and that's part of the, the joy of doing theater. I'm currently in a, in a production of You Never Can Tell, which is a play by George Bernard Shaw, written in 1896, so... Um, uh, theater also provides you more. I'm, I'm playing a waiter with a, uh, an interesting philosophy about, um, uh, coincidentally enough, about a socialist point of view. Um, and so uh, it affords you, your casting can be much wider. Like you can play older and younger on the stage with the use of makeup and costume, etc., and uh that's not as much the case on camera when they when they want an old person they cast an old person when they want a young person they cast a young person so your casting is much narrower on camera than it is in the theater definitely you know and like you said it it is a, a bunch you know it's a bit narrower there now i guess with that too like you said it's the challenge it's the you know the audience and so much more with that now i guess you know getting into your entire career with everything you've done as well you know when you go through your resume a good portion of what you work on are family friendly films which you know i myself i enjoy being a father of four i think it's fantastic but is there something that draws you to the family films just more than anything else is it something you enjoy and love to do or uh, is it just something that, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's your knack and, you know, everyone calls you upon it? Um, yeah, I think I'm drawn to family-friendly friend, entertainment. You know, my favorite Disney picture is, um, it's a Pixar, it's, it's The Incredibles. And what is so strong and what moves me in that, in that ridiculous movie is the strong family unit, you know. Uh, it, 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 makes me cry every time, you know, Elastigirl saves the day and they work together and the young timid girl finds her power. Um, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, intrinsic in growing up, um, you know, family. Uh, and also what's really important to me is, uh, the theme of mentorship, you know, bringing the next generation along. Um, uh, and I think Disney has been successful with that for decades, ever since I was a child and saw, used to watch The Wonderful World of Disney with, with Walt Disney in his office and a Bengal tiger, you know, sitting on the, the desk. Um, you know, 
Um, so I think that's probably why I'm drawn to it, the, uh, the, the encouraging the next generation. You know, that's also why I, I love, when I'm doing theater, I love doing the student matinees because the kids react differently than a houseful of adults. And um, so if, I like giving that to the next generation, too, because that's how I was exposed to theater at a young age. And um, I think it's really important, uh, along with the whole entertainment industry that comes directly to you on your tablet, your computer, your television, even in the palm of your hand. I love that the live experience still exists and can help support that, too. Definitely. Well, you know, we know that you, you know, you're a busy person, a lot of different things going on, of course. And, you know, taking this time and chatting with all of us here with so many different things, like I said, so much stuff you've been part of from Back to the Future 2, Soul Surfer, uh, Live in Maddie, Adventures in Wonderland, so many different projects. I guess with that, for all of your fans out there and people whose lives you've touched, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there, you know, from Wesley to everybody else who's encountered, grown up or passing down what you've done to their families as well? Well, thanks for laughing. Thanks for following. Thanks for taking note of me. Um, you know, and follow me on Twitter if you like. Follow me on Facebook if you like. Uh, uh, you know, I'd love to have, uh, you know, communication with you guys. And I really appreciate uh, the support of everything I've done, you know, on the Disney Channel and beyond. Definitely. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, Wesley, chatting with us, taking this trip down memory lane, and, of course, current projects as well. And I'm sure everybody tuning in to Live and Maddie is going to see you on there as well. So thank you once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and providing the, the magic and memories throughout your entire career for many of our listeners as well. So thanks again for stopping in. Thank you, Jonathan. It was my pleasure, absolutely. Oh, 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 oh,
ears up here, porcupipers. Let's do the live Rooney number. You know the song, crack a smile, and let's sing along. Two, three, four. Hey! You and me and the beat go great together. You and me and the beat go great together. You and me and the beat go great together. You and me and the beat go great together now. Me and the beat do not go great together. But show choir is an easy A, and this scientist needs one class he can coast in. You know, aside from statistical thermodynamics. That was porcu-perfect, porcupipers. <laughs> well done to us. Straight A's all around, am I right? You are wrong. Parker, you're offbeat and off-key. But, uh, that's still an A, am I right? More like an F. An F? But, Mr. Bell, I can't fail a class. That was the agreement when I was promoted to high school. They'll ship me back to middle school. I can't go back there. They threw me a parade. Well, if you want to raise your grade, you'll have to perform a solo at the Porcupiper Pep Performance. In front of the whole school? No! Then I guess you'll fail. Wah, 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 wah. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here with an all-new Magical Music Review. Baseball season is finally back with games happening left and right. As we all know, Disney is no stranger to sports movies, including baseball. One of these films will turn 22 this summer. Released July 15, 1994, Angels in the Outfield was a remake of the 1951 film of the same name. The cast lineup saw a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the lead as Roger, Danny Glover as Angels manager George Knox, Tony Danza, Adrian Brody, Neil McDonough, and Matthew McConaughey as members of the team, and Christopher Lloyd as the head angel, Al. The score for the film was composed by Randy Edelman, whose film credits include While You Were Sleeping, Underdog, and 27 Dresses. While not a box office success, the film has continued to be enjoyable all of these years later. I have three selections from the score queued up and ready, so let's get to the music. Sit back with some peanuts and Cracker Jacks as we celebrate the return of baseball season with Walt Disney Pictures' 1994 film, Angels in the Outfield. To start, I have rock and roll angels on deck. While incorporating elements that are familiar throughout the entire score, it is different than most selections in the film. It has a groove that pushes it along. For film placement, you'll most likely recognize it as the piece of music that comes right after George's press conference leading into the final game of the playoffs for the Angels. Coincidentally, on the track list, press conference is a piece of its own, with a bridge out of the more traditional sounding score leading back into Rock and Roll Angels. Different than any other piece in the score, I thought this would be a fun way to kick it off.
One of the special things about Roger is that he can see the angels that have come to help his baseball team. When he sees one early in the film, the piece Magical Moments comes into play. Very light in sound with higher winds, violins, and chimes as our primary instruments, it adds to the mood of magic. You don't have to see the film to know something amazing is happening at this point in the story. Piano comes in halfway through to continue the piece and bridge it into a sound of mischief. While JP can't see the angels, he does believe Roger and helps keep his secret from David, the press assistant assigned to take care of them. About a minute in, the mood shifts to a more playful sound, signifying the boy's antics getting the better of David yet again, before bridging back into our familiar melody to end the piece. There was one scene that showed up in every trailer and TV spot that I ever saw between my VHS tapes and Disney Channel. It's at the end of the picture. Mel Clark has one final pitch and it will determine the outcome of the game. At the beginning of the film, Roger and George come up with a signal so that Roger can let George know when there's an angel on the field. To boost Mel's spirit before the pitch, George has Roger start the signal. As Roger flaps his arms like wings, JP joins him, followed by the team and then the rest of the stadium. The piece during the scene is entitled The Wave. As with a lot of score, lighter voices are prominent in the winds as well as violins and they are joined by percussion as well as highlights for the piece, with the lower voices backing all the way to give a full, rounded sound. The song is full of grand fanfare, uplifting and encouraging. It definitely helps in portraying a scene of many people joining together and showing support and belief. I've said it once and I will say it many times to come. The score is an important factor in bringing the emotions out of the screen and into the audience, and this is no exception. There's something so empowering about this piece. The orchestra is in sync with sweeping measures and accentuated hits to add to the punch and power found in this piece of score.
And as always, we've come to the end of our time together. Thanks for stopping back this week for another round of Disney On Demand. Without you, we have no show. Feel free to connect with the D-Team on the D-Wire page on Facebook and with me with any musical comments, suggestions, or questions at page at DizRadio.com. That's P-A-I-G-E at DizRadio.com. Have a fantastic rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! Hey, D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. Now on Diz Radio, it's Brandy, giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Brandy has you covered, giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on DizRadio.com. For this week's segment, I've got some breaking news to share with the gaming community that might come to a shocker to you. Disney Interactive has announced that Disney Infinity franchise will be discontinued. Disney Infinity is a gaming franchise where you collect cartoonish toy-like versions of Disney classic characters, Disney and Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars figures, creating in-game play sets, playing mini-games, storyline games, and collecting power discs to enhance gameplay. Here's a statement from Disney Interactive press release. By now you have heard the news that we have made the difficult decision to discontinue production of Disney Infinity. From the beginning, Disney Infinity was built for you, our fans, and I want to take a moment to thank you not just for your support over the years, but creating a community that made Disney Infinity more than just a game. Our goal for Disney Infinity was to bring the best Disney storyline to life in homes around the world, and with your support, we accomplished that. We hope you had as much fun playing the game as we had fun making it. So what's next for Disney Infinity? Well, two final releases will be coming, including three new characters from Alice Through the Looking Glass later this month, and the new movie is Finding Dory playset. Is there a game you would like me to review that I haven't covered already? or some gaming tips you would like to share with the community. Be sure to have your name, town you live in, and state, so I can give you the credit. You can send me an email at randy at disradio.com. The email, again, is r-a-n-d-y at disradio, d-i-z-r-a-d-i-o.com. Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. Wreck-It Ralph is a giant of a man, and nine feet tall with really big hands. In a stump on his very own land Until his world went crazy He was minding his own business on the day they came They showed a piece of paper saying eminent domain They built an apartment building saying progress was to blame So he got mad and he turned bad 
turbochargers we need to buy. Not just the superintendent, he's a super super guy, and everybody loves him. With his trusty tool belt and steel-toed shoes, nice owners believe that Felix just can't lose. So when Wreck-It Ralph starts to come unglued, he doesn't get mad 'cause he's so rad. Brick by brick, he's gonna build it back. Fix it, fix it, Felix, as fast as you can. Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop beep 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 boop boop. Was this baby? We'll never be. Alive. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D heads. So I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Lots of fun things, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the talented, the iconic Wesley Mann for stopping in here this week. Lots of great projects you've been part of that I grew up with as well. And passed down to my children. Adventures in Wonderland, Back to the Future, That's So Raven, so many projects, and I know we're going to be seeing much more of you in the upcoming year in many television shows, projects, and in theater. So thank you, Wesley, once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and hanging out with all of the D heads here at the show. I'd also like to extend a very special thank you to the D team as well, with Jason, Paige, Nathan, and Randy all stopping in here this week with their signature segments and just adding a bit of magic for all of you D heads, so you don't have to listen to me. Ramble week in and week out, and finally, as I always say, yes, you know I'm going to say it. Thank you, the D heads. You are the reason we continue to do this show for the past six years. You're the reason that we bring the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney every single week. You've made the show grow into what it is. Help us bring these guests to you. So thank you, the D heads. The show would not happen without you. Now, next week is our 150th show. We have a lot of fun things on the horizon for that, including a very special guest. So, before I jump into that and give you the clues as to who's going to be stopping in, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney on Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, our lifetime of Disney player, the podcast archives, memes, latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio. 
Facebook.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can join our DizWire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, all of which are going to help you find our fun, magical show and help you connect all over the social media platforms. And remember, if you want to stay connected instantly, as soon as the shows get released, all you have to do is subscribe. It is that easy. Go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and you can subscribe and get the latest shows right there on your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, all your devices, and listen to the magic of our show as soon as it gets released. Simple as that. Go there, subscribe through iTunes, and Stitcher Radio, and always just remember to leave a review if you're able to. So, all of you D heads, with that said, lots of fun on the horizon. Next week, our 150th show. It is amazing how far we have come, and next week we have a very special guest stopping in. Let's just say you might see him running around on the Tower of Terror. Maybe he's coaching a few kids in soccer in a little rural town, or maybe, just maybe, you might see him running around and playing some swaps and some pranks with other fellow policemen. I'm going to leave it at that, all of you D-heads. So, with that said, I'm going to leave you here for the weekend, and as I always say, and I know summer is right there in the wings, but take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, have a magical weekend, make the memories happen, and I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.